If you have your Bibles, I invite you to join me in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We're in a series entitled Gratitude in Everything, Give Thanks. We've been in this series for a few weeks and we're going to continue it for several more weeks because gratitude is going to be a way that God allows us to take the out of order sign off of our heart. And at the end of the message today, I'm going to call the prayer team and they're going to be standing here and certainly in the balcony. And there's going to be a moment for you to take the out of order sign off of your heart and for God to do a new thing. And we're going to have that prayer moment. And this message is for all of us today. Some of us, we actually are, are starting to to feel like the way we look in our, our driver's license photo. <laughs> yeah, you're actually starting to feel the way, the way you look. Disney, they have characters. Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck. If they were going to do another character from your life right now, what would it be? Anxious Ant, Mad Moose, or Grumpy Goose? What would it be? Huh? If, if your attitude right now, if, if your attitude, attitude was a movie. I'm talking about the way you feel about work, your life, and your relationships, and just general attitude. If it was a movie, how would it be? How would it be rated? G, good attitude. PG, partially good attitude. PG, 13. I'd like to punch somebody in the gut 13 times right now. Uh, 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 R, revenge. I, I want to get even with somebody. What would your heart be added to be rated? I was reading an article recently in Psychology Today magazine, and I was caught by the article, and it was uh, why Americans are so unhappy. Hmm, kind of intrigued me, so I read the article. Why are America, when we have more than the rest of the world, why are we so unhappy? And throughout the course of the article, the, the author of the article came down to this conclusion. He said Americans have a constant state of what he called unfinished business. Unfinished business. By that he means we're always in this area and this, this feeling, this sensation of that good is not good enough and there should be more. Whether it's on work, whether you finished it on time, you should have done it early. Whether you got a B, you should have got an A. If you got an A, you should have got an A+. Plus. This sense of it could have been better. You got a, if you got a, a one-story, three-bedroom house, you should have got the two-story, four-bedroom house. Always more. And he, the article went on to say that, that if it's even in our advertisement, we're, we're pushed that that good is not good enough. Well, you get the iPhone 6, great! Then they came out with the iPhone 7 and they say the, the, the camera's even better. Oh, I thought I got it. And guess what? There's something better six months later. A new car body styles come out all the time. SeaWorld has a new ride. You've got to go back. And there's, just, there's always the feeling of, of something could be, should be just a little bit better of where we are right today. I mean, to think about even in the area of clothes. You, you remember when you were kids, you got holes in your pants. You said, I, I want new clothes. So you got new Levi's. But it's not enough to have new Levi's. You've got to have designer jeans. So we got designer jeans. 
And then they came out and said, guess what? We'll sell you clothes that look old with holes in their pants. (laughs) That's where I started off. I mean, this whole idea of clothes that look old with holes, we used to call that hand-me-downs. How many have worn hand-me-downs? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah! Uh, And you were saying, I don't want clothes my older brother wore out. I want my brand new. And here we are in this this sense of unfinished business all the time. And we're not happy because we're not content. We think that there's something greater. With that in mind, with that in mind, I want to talk about gratitude today. There's three things I want to share with us that I think is poignant for all of us. The first one is that ha- uh, the importance of having gratitude in life. Go with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Having gratitude in life. Now, I've read these verses before in this series, but we're going to go back and reassert them and place them in our heart one more time. Verse uh, 16, 17, and 18, chapter 5. It says, Rejoice always. Pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is God's will. Gratitude is not a button you push. It's not in the DNA. So I just am not the outgoing, vivacious person. I didn't get the gratitude gene. It's not in the the DNA. Gratitude is a muscle you exercise, not a button you push, not DNA. Every one of us are qualified to be people and express gratitude, having gratitude in life. But it is a muscle you must exercise. How do we exercise the gratitude muscle? Well, the Bible teaches that right here. I'm going to go back through it. Three things, verses 16, 17, and 18. Verses 16, rejoice always. You have to have intentionality intentional action the bible doesn't say just rejoice the bible says rejoice always the moment the holy spirit put that word always it means it's an intentional action what are you talking about pastor well if you get up every morning at 5 a.m you've set an alarm clock it's an intentional action if you get to work on time every day it's an intentional action if you finish all of your work on time if you get good grades in school all the time it's an intentional action you don't accidentally get to work on time you don't accidentally wake up at five o'clock every morning there is an intentional action the bible says rejoice always anything we're and told to do all the time requires an intentional action what are you talking about pastor tomorrow when you go to work or you go to college you go to the university if that person that just bugs you that person that just gets under your skin if you're going to be nice to them, it's going to require an intentional action. You're going to talk to yourself driving to work. You're going to intentionally go down the hallway by their cubicle. You're going to intentionally stick your head in their cubicle and smile and say, good morning. It's an intentional action. You're in a, de- a discussion with your, with your kids and it's that debate, you know, parent and maybe teenager and, and these words accelerate and you just kind of go to that moment and you get frustrated and the, there's the tussle and there's the, the debate between you and your teenager and somewhere along the line you pull out the grenade word and you lob a boom, you know, those, those words that just kind of 
do damage, make the point, drive the point. The, the personality comes out so strongly in those. If you're going to do your conversation with your teenager different, it's going to be an intentional action. You're going to say, okay, the next time, I'm not going to say those grenade words. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to begin to ask those difficult questions. I'm going to listen, and I am not going to roll my eyes. I am, not go I am going to walk through this. The scripture says the gratitude muscle is, is strengthened when there is an intentional action. Rejoice always. Number two, verse number 17, it tells us to pray continually. It requires prayerful contemplation. There's some things I don't get there naturally. I have to get there supernaturally. I have to pray my way into it. You see, prayer changes my perspective on things. It requires prayerful contemplation. If I'm going to rejoice always, it, I'm going to have to pray my way into that. Why? Because every one of us, self-included, every one of us, we have emotional binoculars. Binoculars magnify everything. Binoculars makes whatever you're looking at become bigger. And every one of us, every one of us have emotional binoculars. What do you mean? Well, the analytical person in the marriage, who they, they have to plan everything out. They have to dot every I, cross every T. They got to balance everything. They just got to figure it out. They just don't randomly do it. They plan vacations. They plan their life. They budget things and et cetera, et cetera. There, there's that, they're that organized person but they're married to a very spontaneous and in-the-moment person. And the analytical person through their bin emotional binoculars, they're crazy. They're crazy. What do you mean? We're going to go do this. We're going to figure it out on the way. No wonder we couldn't get the tickets last time. We didn't plan good enough. No wonder we didn't have them. No wonder we haven't. No wonder we didn't. We're not we're getting there. We didn't budget it. We didn't plan it. And, and they're looking through their emotional binoculars saying, that person, I don't know how they're going to ever get through life. How are they going to do it? But the spontaneous person, through their emotional binoculars, looks at the analytical person. They micromanage everything. I mean, they want to count the toothpicks in the box to make sure they got a thousand of them and make sure they weren't shortchanged and got 999. I mean, it, it's driving me crazy, the details. They, they want a list for everything, and they're checking it twice. And guess what? We're just going to Sonic. Come on, get a life. Both are looking through their mon uh, emotional binoculars, and then they have children, and their children's not like either one of them. They're saying, whose kid is that? <laughs> I cannot figure this, this kid out. We all have these emotional binoculars, and that's why God says you will not appreciate and be thankful for them unless you pray continually. And when I pray continually, it helps me to remove the clutter, the clutter of my own limited perspective. And there's a word of the Lord for somebody. If you would pray continually, you would see your coworkers, you would see your kids. You would appreciate your kids and how God's made them instead of them just driving you up the wall. Thirdly, it says here, verse Verse number 18, 
Give thanks in all circumstances. Not some, all circumstances. And to make sure you don't think it's optional, he adds, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This involves determined resolve. Intentional action, prayerful contemplation, determined resolve. Now, before I unpack this, there's a difference between resolve and stubbornness. What's the difference? They feel the same. They can sometimes even have the same results. Resolve will always take me towards God. Stubbornness always takes me away from God. What God's Word and what the Holy Spirit is saying, resolve will take me even in spite of the resistance and opposition. Stubbornness, when God's Word says it and God's Word speaks it, I pull away and I bend back from it. This requires determined resolve. Anything outside your circle of gratitude is undervalued in your life. Anything outside my circle of gratitude, I don't appreciate. And all of us have a circle of gratitude, and it's different sizes. Yeah. If it's outside the circle, I, I really appreciate this person. I like this, and I, I, I go along with this. I don't like, I don't agree, and I don't appreciate. What is that? It's outside your circle of gratitude. And because it's outside your circle of gratitude, you don't value it. You only value what's inside your circle of gratitude. And the Bible says, in all things, in all circumstances, give thanks. The Bible is saying, draw a larger circle of gratitude. Because once you bring it in your circle of gratitude, it will bless you. Example, delay. Many times a delay, a delay in a loan uh, approval for a new house, a, a delay in a report back, a delay in a process, a delay in a work, a delay in, 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 in a vacation, a, a, a delay in a, a, because you couldn't afford to go, you had to put it off till night. Anytime we have a delay, we often feel like a delay is a setback. Oh, I wanted to and I can't do it. And the delay came and... It just doesn't seem right. Enlarge, enlarge your, your circle of gratitude. What am I talking about? I've pastored long enough. I've heard this so many times. Pastor, we were going to buy the house. We were going to do it. It looked like everything was together. We prayed about it. We believed God was in it. We believed it was the right thing to do. And then, Pastor, it all fell apart. It wasn't going to happen. The loan didn't come through in time, and the builder said he couldn't, or this circumstances, and we didn't have enough job history for the, the loan process, as they said later. And, Pastor, we put our heart into it. We prayed about it. We really had peace in our heart, and we thought God was going to do it, and I don't understand it. Only to hear from the same person six months, eight months later, Pastor, God has done a great thing. Do you know if we would have bought that, we would have missed out. Here's what we found out. 
Later on, the interest rates went down. And then we didn't buy this house. Guess what? We went to a subdivision over. And the builder, it was the last one in the subdivision. And he was wanting to get out. And he threw in this and he threw in that. And he said, we'll also add and we'll actually bring down the price. And pastor, guess what? We got bigger and we got better because we just waited. I thought I was so disappointed before. Pastor, I was upset. But God has taken care of us and God has worked. It's the ability to see that the delay was cautious wisdom by God. If you can draw a bigger circle and say the delay is cautious wisdom, you brought that in your circle of gratitude and it will make a difference in your life. Having gratitude in life. Number two, having gratitude in life changes attitude about life. Having gratitude in life changes attitude about life. Has your spouse ever said to you, you need an attitude adjustment? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. My father, my dad, when I was growing up, he had an attitude adjustment tool. It was made out of leather. Yeah, and he said, this tool, if you don't do what I tell you, it'll make you wish you had of, and I will attest to it. There were times when he took the tool out, I wished I had of. It can change your attitude. Sometimes we're in that place where our attitude is just really, just got got us in this, this moment where life isn't working. And in those moments... The difficulty, in fact, I wrote it. Here's, here's what I, I wrote this down. Some of us are here. You have a pre-factual persuasion yielding a conundrum unsubstantiated by present data. Doesn't that bless you? In other words, you're jumping to conclusions. Yeah, we all do it. We just jumped to a conclusion. Has, has somebody ever just walked in the room and you just jumped to a conclusion by the look on their face and you started getting defensive? Yeah. Things didn't happen your way. Oh, I bet so-and-so just was doing that just to annoy me. I bet they're doing that to get, you see so-and-so talking together at work. You say, I bet you they have something up their sleeve. I better. You jump to conclusion. I'm here to say that Gratitude in life changes attitudes about life. Where is that in the Bible? Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. It says, do not be anxious about anything. Don't jump to conclusions. But in every situation by prayer and petition, by prayer and petition, notice this next phrase, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. What will happen? And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I have failed the test. I have brought my prayer and request, but I failed to do it with thanksgiving, and I didn't have peace. Thanksgiving activates peace in our life. I have been guilty of using my prayer time to complain to God. Now, I know you don't do that. But I've actually gone to God in prayer and griped for 10 minutes. God, it's not fair. 
Have you ever done that and tell God how he can solve it? God, it's just it's not fair. God, kill him. Kill him. <laughs> They'll be on streets of gold and I'll be better tomorrow. Just, and, and I haven't brought that person in a situation <laughs> inside, my, inside my circle of gratitude. Yes, I'm guilty of that. Yeah. The scripture says I've got to have prayer and petitions. This is the tough thing with, with thanksgiving because thanksgiving activates peace. There's an old, old hymn. Haven't heard it for decades. But I remember when I was a kid, we'd go to church and they'd pull the hymn book out. We were in the wooden pews and the congregation would sing it. And it, it goes like this. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your many blessings. See what? The old people knew it. I, I couldn't remember it. I was too young. I couldn't remember it. But all you old people, you could remember that one, okay? Yeah. Count your blessings. Let me just say about attitudes about life. Just before we transition. If you're going to wear a Jesus t-shirt to work, take a Jesus attitude with you. Okay? Don't wear, don't wear a Jesus t-shirt to work and tell off-colored stories. Don't wear a Jesus t-shirt and get on social media and vent and complain. Don't wear a Jesus t-shirt and gripe about everything because our witness in Christ is related to our attitude. And it doesn't matter how big Jesus is on the t-shirt. If Jesus is not in the attitude, it cancels everything out. Gratitude in life changes attitudes about life and results in habitudes throughout life. Yes, gratitude attitude results in habitudes. It's actually a word. Habits, <laughs> habits that display attitude throughout life. Where's that? In Scripture. Colossians chapter 3, 15, 16, and 17. And after I get through reading this, we're going to go into an altar moment. And I'm going to ask you, if there's an out-of-order sign in your life, you say, I can come in here and feel God's presence, but I go to work and I feel beat down. I've, I, feel like, I feel like all the good that happens here, I lose at work tomorrow. The pressure on school, the pressure on the demand is, is making me think and feel things. I, I'm feeling so anxious. I'm feeling fearful. I, I'm not living out what I need to live because... I, I just feel like I'm being choked by, by issues and it's dragging me down, my attitude. If that's you, we're going to pray with you in a moment. Here's what Scripture says, Colossians 3, 15, 16, 17. In every one of the three verses, there's a thank you, gratitude statement. Notice this. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Yes. I'm going to call verse number 15 
Be thankful because God is near. Verse 16. Let the message of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, hymns, psalms, songs in the Spirit, singing to God with gratitudes in your heart. With gratitudes in your heart. Be thankful because, verse 15, God is near. Be thankful, verse 16, God is dear. Yeah. Sing. Sing. Celebrate. Be thankful. Why? Because God is dear. Guess what? You, 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 he, he dwells in you richly. Verse 17. And whatever you do, whether word or do, deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the, fa- the Father through Him. Verse 17. God is clear. God is near. God is dear. And God is clear. Whatever you do in word or deed, do it all with a thankful heart. God wants us to have the right habitudes throughout life. Throughout life. Let me put it to this way. Gratitude will enlarge. Gratitude will enlarge the door in your life. Yes. Last week, Denise and I went to Home Depot to get a cabinet. I measured a wall 31 inches. Well, they have different size cabinets, and they have a 30-inch standard cap, 30 inch by 30 inch. 30 inches and a 31-inch wall, it'll go. We bought the cabinet, brought it home, went to take it and put it in, and I discovered something. It's not the size of the wall. It's the size of the door that matters. (laughs) Yeah. It's a 24-inch door. It's a 31-inch wall, but it's a 30-by-30 cabinet. It's a 24-inch door. And Denise, she's standing right there. She said, we just need to take it back. You're not going to be able to do that. And there's just something when she said, you're not going to be able to do that. (laughs) The Lord stirred something in me. The Lord stirred an anointing in my heart. We're going to get this cabinet in there. So I, I... turn it and I'm, I'm re-measured it and I'm getting it in and, and then he said you're not going to be able to do it I said yeah I am and so I try to do it at the top it's the same size at the top as it is at the bottom I turn it around I look at the door and re-measure the wall I said I'm going to get this in there and I'm getting it in there and now, now there's no longer paint on this wall because I'm trying to wedge it in and it won't go so I set the cabinet back down and, De- and Denise is just there. I said, you know what, babe? They have 24-inch cabinets. Why don't we take one or 20-inch cabinet and go back and get it? She said, that is a brilliant idea. Why don't we do that? So we went back and got the cabinet and put it in there. Yeah. Here it is. God sees. God sees. There's great capacity There's so much more He could do in your life, in your family, with you, through you. 
But in order to do it, gratitude enlarges the door so God can get more in. It's br- God wants to get more in your life. But gratitude opens that up. Gratitude. So that gratitude in life changes attitudes about life and results in habitudes throughout life. That's what God wants to do. God is saying, could you today draw a bigger circle of gratitude? Could you enlarge your circle of gratitude and the thing that's you're fearful of, the thing you're stressed about, the thing that's weighing in your heart, could you bring that in your circle of gratitude? You don't have to agree with it. You don't have to like it. You don't have to understand it. Just bring it in your circle of gratitude and see what God can do.